Welcome to Leading the Change. In this episode, we speak to Final Girl staffers, Kathleen Fahey and Deirdre Campbell. We discuss all about how the party can help you in your journey to getting involved in politics. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do too. We're speaking on Leading the Change and you would have heard already us speak to uh, Tisha Cleaver-Radker, Minister Jennifer Cara McNeil, Councillor Thomasina Connell and various other uh, candidates. But today's podcast is uh, the women and the people behind the candidates uh, and and the party as a whole. So I'm really, really delighted to have Diversity, Equality, Inclusion Officer Deirdre Campbell and Candidate Development Officer Kathleen Fahey. Did I get the terms and the and and it right, girls? Because there's two people I don't want to be uh, in cahoots with or in, on on bad terms with as you do. Spot on. Yeah. Um, now. Uh, Kathleen, you've been with the party for many years, not near the decade, as you corrected me uh, before we started. Uh, and Deirdre recently recently joined. But Kathleen, coming to you, um, can you tell us uh, about your role and you know your journey in uh, in Fine Gael politics as a whole? Yeah, no problem. I started eight years ago in Fine Gael, and um, I came from outside the party. Originally, I came in from the NGO sector. And I had, uh, it was my third career change at that stage. So I was well used to change and uh, I suppose taking opportunity when it arrived. And I, uh, I started work as regional organiser. So I covered Dublin, Louth and Wicklow originally. So you were straight in at the deep end. You had 13 constituencies, 13 officer boards, you know, 100 or so public reps to work with and to build relationships with. And then we had a number of elections. So you're, you're working as a regional organiser, you're looking for candidates for the local elections, you're supporting Dáil candidates and also Shannon candidates, and in some cases you're European candidates as well. Mm-hmm. So my job now has changed and I'm focusing on candidate development. So I'm working across the country with a team of regional organisers, su- uh, putting in programmes and support in conjunction with Deirdre and our other colleagues mm-hmm. to support our new candidates and to make sure women contest Make sure people come forward to talk to as many people as possible and to fulfill the opportunity for Fine Gael and great ambition for more diversity in politics. Deirdre, uh, not uh, in the party as long as Kathleen over here, about a year and a half, I think you said. Mm. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your role and your journey into Fine Gael? Yeah, um, interestingly, so yeah, just over a year and a half. And like Kathleen, I've made a couple of career changes. Uh, started off as a nurse and midwife and then uh, moved into working in women's empowerment, particularly with women experiencing violence. And yeah, about two years ago, started looking for my next uh, career space. Um, and my journey into Fine Gael started with a, a would I, could I, when I saw the job advert. Um, and wasn't anything I'd ever considered previously um, but the role appealed to me and I suppose I had arrived at a place where I had been on the outside shouting in at many mm. systems um, pleading for change um, and I guess I saw the role as an opportunity to step in and try and be a part of the change from within the system mm. um, and yeah so I suppose as diversity equality and inclusion officer the role 
um, not to get bogged down in terminology or that it's it's really just about supporting and building a supportive and inclusive environment uh, for people from all different walks of life to step in and participate fully within the party in whatever spaces feel right for them, either within the party or into elected uh, public uh, representation within that developing and delivering trainings, mentorship programs and supports um, to, to, to support people to fulfill that leadership within those spaces. Now, we're going to get into uh, what you both just shared on your roles because you do a lot more than just what you, you said. I mean, uh, dear to one of your first um, uh, gatherings, I think I remember uh, you weren't long in the door um, and you held uh, amazing space uh, in the midlands of the country to talk about diversity and inclusion and what that mm. that and, and I, I was I was chipping in and as moderator and I came out so um grateful for the amount of language learning I had done and I work or I, I, I like to think I champion the space of inclusion all the time but mm. actually there's so many biases and uh, stereotypes that we all carry uh, and politics is no different um, and, and that kind of leads me into because I think those listening might have a very different and this is what you two are really trying to change internally uh, 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 and externally you know that 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 thought process that bias what you think politics is what it actually isn't what we think policy making is and what it isn't uh, and then ultimately trying to break down you know we can say smash the glass ceiling we can talk about burning down the house we can say about um knock them to the ground like there's so many different terms for what you guys do um uh, and i'd love to hear like why finogaya then for you two personally you're nodding, Kathleen, so I'm going to go to yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know a huge amount about Fine Gael when I started, to be honest. Um, I knew enough that I liked some of it. Mm. And I suppose I was a bit similar. I, my In my work in NGOs, I was involved in political lobbying. I was involved in advocacy. I was involved in social partnerships. So I was always on the outside kind of knocking on the door and never really getting the agenda mm. I wanted you know, progress to any great degree. It was very frustrating. I went off then and ran garden centres and did other things because I just kind of ran out of steam. But, um, and my parents, would, my family would all say that, you know, I was totally oppositional at the best of times. And, um, but when the opportunity arose in Fine Gael, I kind of felt, oh, look, they're willing to talk to somebody mm. like me and that's brilliant. And, you know, they're going to take a punt on me, so why wouldn't I take a punt on them? And I knew the, I was passionate about women in leadership. I was passionate about different voices in politics. I had experience of community and voluntary, you know, groups coming together, which is similar to how the party is run mm. with membership. Um, and I knew the equality referendum was happening. I knew the abortion referendum was happening. I knew gender quotas were coming down the road. And I was kind of at a stage where I was like, do you know what? You can put your money where your mouth is and just step in here mm. and do it. And, and I always felt, I didn't really understand the phrase of broad church, you know, they describe political parties as broad churches. I didn't really understand it until I landed into my first <laughs> yeah. kind of, you know, Fine Gael meeting and you're like going, okay, there's 150 people here. They're all from Fine Gael, but like, you know, they don't agree on everything. Yeah. There's a broad space within the party. There are people kind of categorize themselves in the party as to I'm a Gareth Fitzgerald type person or I'm, you know, another type of person. And I, I liked enough about it mm. and I felt that there I was convinced that the party wanted to change and that was enough for me. Amazing. You know. What about you? 
Um, yeah, there's a lot of similarities as well, but maybe you'll just pick up on the space that you mentioned in Mullingar. And I suppose it's I, I love to convene space and I see my whole role as being um, about opening a door to people who maybe don't have the same opportunities to step into space to make sure that spaces are mm -hmm. open and accessible. So where spaces are closed um, to start the invitations bring the people into the space um, and I suppose from that initial seed of seeing a job advert and thinking would I could I my fr the very first thing I did was I sent it to a friend who I uh, take her opinion you know it, it's deeply valued and her first response back to me was do you support Fina Gale and <laughs> that then she I wasn't a card carrying member so. yeah <laughs> and I was like that's interesting. And I suppose if I was like, do I support Fine again? Do I support any political party? What has my role been in terms of a citizen within politics? And then I thought, well, do I support any organisation fully that I've ever worked mm. with? Um, and I just started unpacking and started looking at the policies and I thought, OK, gender quotas wanted them. They're a good thing. Marriage equality referendum definitely aligns with my values great that's another tick on the box um repeal the eighth definitely wanted that wanted choice believe firmly in that um so there's the policies and then i started looking to the people mm -hmm. um and when you look from the outside you're looking to the people that are the face of the party um, and I looked very specifically towards the, the Department of Justice at the time, um, because having worked on the issue of violence against women in Ireland for many years, there had been a lot that we were asking for, but I had stepped out of the Irish space and out of that advocacy for legislation within the Irish space to move back into overseas work. And when I actually started looking and did a bit of a wow so much change has happened and things that 15 years previously that when we were knocking on the door and saying we really need like women who are living in situations domestic violence we really need this and um, they, they need this for their safety for their protection suddenly these things were being enacted and then you start to see the faces behind that and you start to scan the Nora Owens the Frances Fitzgeralds the Helen McEntees and I suppose I just kind of arrived at well yeah, if, if there's people like that there driving that agenda, then I think I can mm. um, I can probably be comfortable there. And then I use the recruitment process to really sense check that to see could I was there leadership? Was there commitment for gender equality? Mm. It doesn't work if it's from the bottom up mm. only. It has to be, you know, being led by the leadership. And I. Yeah, I feel very fortunate because I got to the point where I walked out of my second round interview and thought without a heartbeat of hesitation, if I'm lucky enough to be offered this job, I'll say yes. And and that's a really nice place to land, you know, no, you know, and then you say yes and then you're arriving and you're thinking, oh, gosh, who will they be? <laughs> what will they be like that first day? Yeah. But the culture has been been wonderful from the moment I've walked through the door. Um, and that's been really interesting for me because it's challenged what I would all my pre ideas you know beliefs assumptions also known as notions mm -hmm. <laughs> um it's it's made you kind of yeah step back and say actually nobody is one-dimensional and we see people on the telly and we see a little piece of the person and we forget the wholeness and the yeah. multi-dimensional yeah and i think that the same can be said for for parties too mm. and, and our own in particular um um you know i recently came across something online it was um I'm not going to quote it rightly here, but it was 
don't look at politics like a marriage look at it like a bus journey perhaps mm. and while it's not going to the exact destination mm. you want it to go yeah. to it doesn't mean it's not moving and the mm. more we get on that bus and journey with it the more yeah. and more you begin and you get closer to that final destination and actually I was like that's such a that's such a gorgeous way particularly when we talk about um, younger people stepping into politics or new candidates stepping mm. in that they only see one or one or two things or hear one or two people say well don't do this and don't do yeah. that where they actually have to see the full full breath mm. and really picking up from all that you do Deirdre um, because we hear the phrase we need to move the dial in terms mm. of addressing the underrepresentation of women in Irish politics I think the three of us has chatted about this numerous times um, um, why does this matter uh, and how can we get more women, um, more more of that voice in our political landscape? So I think the starting point is there's too few women mm. in uh, our local and national politics at the moment. If I was one for brevity, I would say it matters because it's the right thing to do, full stop. But I was never one for brevity. <laughs> um, so it's about really moving from that not enough. Women are 50, represent 50%, mm. just o uh, over 50% of our population. Yet we stand at less than 25% uh, women councillors nationally, less than 23% in our um, national, uh, national yeah. politics. Um, so it's about moving, the, and I think that's what we're talking about, we say move the dial more towards that kind of, you know, 50%. But as over 50% of the population, and I think it's really interesting when we look at what the role of our local councillors are and the services that they, you know, make decisions over and provide in our local communities, women will often be the ones who will most rely on those services mm -hmm. so it's about being at the table where decisions are made that impact you as an individual in your life um, that that makes it really really important um, I think in, in terms of the lives of the people in our country um, where it also makes it makes democracy more democratic mm. <laughs> it makes it more powerful and more effective um as well uh, and i think that that's really really important um to kind of you know the greater the diversity you know say diversity so the the more we move towards a balance of men and women towards a balance of um people within our council chambers within our national politics that represent the multi faceted nature of the people who live in our communities mm. that can only be a good thing mm. what do you think yeah yeah absolutely i mean from a fundamental kind of political perspective politics is all about you know getting power getting votes keeping mm. it getting into positions of authority and power in order to make the change that you want that's the fundamentalist and i suppose Every party needs to keep moving forward. You need to be dynamic. You need to show that you're kind of changing, that you're moving. And you often hear said in politics, you know, you have to offer the electorate choice. So we have this weird system here in Ireland of, of you know, political voting and the PR, you know, the proportional representation and mm -hmm. the transferable vote. It means that we end up running, we have multi parties with multi candidates running. And it's really important that we offer choice. And, you know, all our candidates can't look the same, all our candidates can't sound the same. 
you know, they all can't be the same age and they all can't be the same gender and they all can't be the same, you know, we need to offer Mm. difference and choice Mm. to people. And so that, you know, people can feel that Fine Gael is representing a bit of me or people that are like Mm. me. Mm. And uh, to that proportional voting piece, you know, European context, I'm always flabbergasted. I mean, we have some big countries in our own political grouping uh, in the EPP that only have men. Yeah. And they're big Mm. countries. Totally. Yeah. Um, And you're thinking... How is this? Yeah. How do people look at something as big of a machine as politics mm. and then only see one type yeah. of person? Um, and I think of not just uh, the gender, I think mm. of various forms of diversity. Um, and I really wanted to pick up from from you um, uh, and both actually from your your previous work. It's just the other groups who are underrepresented in our councils mm. and in Leinster House and the European uh, Parliament. Um, you know, how can Finnega support new and diverse candidates to get involved and contest elections? You know, when you don't see, when you only see one type of skin colour. And yeah, you might see two genders, very minimally, but mm. um, we have an abundance of, of diversity in our national schools. And I say uh, on a personal front, uh, the cosmopolitan area of Shrew in South America, where I'm from. <laughs> uh, back in the day when we moved to Shrew first as a family uh, as from America, we were the only blow-ins in the area. Uh, and now we have, I believe, over 30 nationalities in our primary schools. Like, that's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually so excited for what generations to come will look like mm-hmm. from the inside out and outside in at our mm-hmm. politics, as long as there's a pathway, which is what mm-hmm. you're paving now. And what do you think and how do you think as a party... Um, as a country, we, we need to be supporting diversity in all its forms. Yeah, I mean, I think likewise, I, I, I look at Ireland now and compared to the mm. Ireland I grew up in, in in the 80s and 90s, and I just love it. I, mm. I love the, the cultural vibrancy that's growing in the country that's come, mm. you know, and that's, that is a natural and wonderful part of, of migration. Um, and it sometimes gets lost. Um, and then I look to, yeah, if we look to the councils as decision-making spaces and we, we think like over 12% of the Irish population mm. comes from a migrant background. Um, and then we look into our council chambers with over 900 and about 950 odd councillors nationwide. So if we were to proportionally have representation for the people who live in our communities, we'd have 113 councillors from a migrant background. We have 12 nationally mm. so it's the it's not good enough yeah. is the starting point um and then it, it, it's a, it's around and we hear it so often around women you you know women need to be asked um but what i'm fi- find more and more is it is that invitation it's mm-hmm. that talking about politics it's about what what is it demystify what it is that the politics is we all have a role to play you know that can start with registering to vote it can start with voting it can start by being a little bit curious Mm. what about and I mean for me in the last year and a half I mean starting from a zero base of what politics is I mean Fine Gael was very brave in many ways I think to take a punt on me um but you and me both sister yeah (laughs) like just that there's there's this idea like I had this idea that people just magically appeared on tickets you know somebody somewhere was sitting and doing a bit of a Gryffindor that the magic hat <laughs> selection and that's not what it is there's structures there's systems there's processes in place so inviting people in and really supporting them to understand the environment then and equip them with the knowledge 
and the tools to navigate the mm. waters that they're quite new to. Mm. Um, so, you know, that comes through training programs. It comes through mentorship programs. It comes by having people who are willing to support you to, to understand how um, to, to play the game because mm. you're new on the field. So how, mm. how, what are the rules of engagement mm. here? How do we play it? Um, because there is politics in politics. And, and that's been a really interesting yeah. to really begin to, yeah, to understand that um, as well. And the, you know, how to position yourself best. But at the same time, I kind of think for me, it's like any career. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you decide where you want to go and then you position yourself best to get there. You recognize what strengths you have, where you maybe need to learn some more, build some more to go for it. Um, and not to think of it as this. Sometimes what I feel it's this kind of it's the all or nothing. Mm. It's not. It's a, it's a, it's a learning opportunity. It's a growth opportunity and you'll find your space in it. Um, yeah. And picking up from you and then your experience, obviously, as regional organizer. Mm. Um for big, big counties. I mean, the yep. city of Dublin alone, um, and now feeding in as um, the Canada Development of mm. Development Officer. You know, what are the practical standpoints that you know you need someone? Yeah. Um, like how? What does the handholding look like? Yeah, it has changed a lot, thankfully. Mm. Um, we're much better, and we've learned, I think, from the past of kind of you know, people were came into the, the kind of the chain of running for election fairly late and got added late and then felt, you know, they were kind of landed out onto a pitch that felt like Mars and, you know, put all their efforts and energy in, but, you know, didn't necessarily have the best experience. So, mm-hmm. like, we're really trying to change that. Um, we spent a lot of time in between the last election speaking to candidates who ran for us, both men and women and both successful and unsuccessful, um, and talking to our local organisations in terms of what could we do to to um, better approach the conversations is the way I would put it. I mean, I always think You're of... You're so politically I know, I know, <laughs> but I suppose, like, I always tell the story of when I, I remember having one experience uh, with, we have these local strategy committees, which are local volunteers mm. who make a report into our executive council on the number of people to run. Mm. They make a recommendation. And it's a really important function because everybody knows running too few or too yeah. many candidates has a, you know, a very impactful um, result on your vote, usually to the to the downside of it. So um, we they make that recommendation, and it was very funny as a regional organizer. You'd be at these meetings, and I remember they were talking about prospective candidates, and they had a kind of a long list, you know, and they kept talking about we call her Kathleen Fay. They kept talking about and Kathleen Fay might, and I kept saying, "Have you asked her?" You know, ah, yeah, we have, we have, yeah. She said no. She said no. And then the next week, Kathleen Fahey might. And have you asked her? Ah, yeah, we have, we have. And then all of a sudden, I ended up talking to her. And she's, her version of events was, nobody has talked to me. So you're like, oh, okay, something's a bit odd here. <laughs> so I went back again and I said, tell me exactly what you said and where you were, what you were doing, and, you know, who said what. Yeah. And it turned out it was a conversation that happened in a lift after a meeting, which was, you know, would you? And she went, are you mad in the head? And that was the end of the conversation. So we definitely want to improve that situation. Yeah. But to your yeah. point, and I'm glad you <laughs> called it out because that happens. Yeah. And that, that happens. Yeah. And I don't even think it's Irish exclusive. No, it's it happens just, worldwide. Yeah. 
where the assumption or you hear a lot of uh, male colleagues who say yeah. I got asked uh, yeah. ordering at the bar yeah. and it was over the shoulder lots of conversations in bars and super value and yeah. uh, standing in the queue for the credit union now that often works and, yeah. I, and I thank all the often successful candidates will tell me when you ask them how were you first approached they'll say somebody came up to me in the queue for the credit union some little old fella spoke to me <laughs> yeah. you know and I'm very grateful to all yeah. those people who actually yeah. start the conversations but it doesn't work for all well yeah and we know that women in general can take a, particularly people new to politics need a little longer yeah. to consider their options they need to be able to they need to be given a kind of a chance to understand the system yeah. a roadmap to, yeah mm. or at least and also to be kind of like sherpaed through the yeah. local power which yeah. is a political organisation locally mm where mm. we have, like, our system of politics is incredibly competitive. Mm. It's competitive internally, and it's competitive with your opposition. Mm. So getting on the ticket and getting as far as a selection convention is not an easy road for a lot of people, mm. particularly mm. if there's incumbents. So, and I had never heard the word incumbent until I started working in politics, and now I swear, like, I nearly say it it's in every sentence. Name. Yeah, so they need to be, and I find for new people joining, you know, I want them to stay out of difficulty as long as possible until they can, you know, get in, mm. build, you their know, own build networks, build opportunity, mm. finalise their thinking, build support and kind of then come through, mm. you know, and um, you want to support, you want women to contest at all levels in the organisation. And that includes our AGMs and selecting officers. Mm. We want to build our pipeline internally. Mm. We also want to be looking outside. There's a tradition, I think, within political parties, particularly the larger mm -hmm. political parties, that you only focus on your internal pipeline, that you go there first. Yeah. In a party where we have 70% men and 30% roughly female mm -hmm. members, naturally you'll be looking at more men than you are at women. So we need to get more women into the party. We need to have them in positions mm -hmm. of leadership internally in the party so they know the game mm -hmm. and they can see it. Mm -hmm. and um, But we also need to look externally. Yeah. And that's part of what, I suppose, part of my role and the role of the regional organisers is, you to know, where are women about? Yeah. I'm always conscious, because you, you say it so um, eloquently, <laughs> um, where when we have um, women-focused events to mm. try and encourage more people to yeah. step in, um, or I see you at a meeting in a corner chatting to somebody yeah. about the ro that roadmap. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I'm always I'm always blown away at your your and both yours, uh, your vision of it is not just candidate we're looking at. Yeah. And that's not while well, candidate development officer is in your remit. It's actually the wider pool of mm. bettering politics. So that's in our policy labs. Um, that's in our, as you mentioned, on our branches or constituency mm. meetings. Um, it's working for different candidates, volunteering for different candidates. Yeah. It's all of that. And like from a because I'm conscious it's not just people who happen to come across this podcast or who happen to be members, but yeah. are also looking to see more difference at a local level. So what yeah. is it that local officers, local um, constituency organizers, members, folks like myself, as a public rep, um, to 
to open up that space and support new candidates because yeah. it can't yeah. just be on YouTube. No, um, no, and, absolutely and not. Others and in headquarters. You know, that's not. That's a broken system. Yeah, and you know you can't be it until you see it, mm. and everybody needs to see opportunity and difference. And for people new to the process, they can't even see the opportunity because they don't really understand the jigsaw yeah. that's happening in front of them. I think COVID taught us a lot mm. in terms of the party had to switch fairly fast. Yeah. All of a sudden, we were online. We were doing our members front row events. Um, much more open to having members and supporters and friends. And there was a lot of online events where people were, you know, encouraged to bring friends um, to bring, you know, that you could directly engage with politicians. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had never realised until I actually sat in at political party meetings. I was like, oh, my God, they have the, the ministers always there and the TD and the councillors. And you have direct line communication to people who are in authority and are involved in politics. You know, and you could have somebody's ear mm-hmm. and you can say things. We've got a lot better at having what we call roundtable events at a local level where you might have guest speakers who are involved in NGOs, you know, rather than a top table of kind of just politicians mm-hmm. talking that you're listening to other people who are involved in, be it, you know, political participation or in NGO world locally. And, um, and I think as well, we really do need to make a better effort, though, around, you know, getting members in. Mm-hmm. We have lots of supporters, yeah. you know, but I think all organisations are finding it hard to have people have members. COVID was very difficult for people. Everybody kind of stood back into their houses. So now it's about getting out there. And I think um, obviously we're coming into an electoral cycle now, yeah. obviously, with the local elections. But the more our candidates can get out and about and the more our public reps are out and about, the better. And... Mm-hmm talking to people and that's what politics is all about mm. but uh, from the technical thing in terms of women in the organization I would say like you know and this comes up all the time in our networks to encourage people to go forward internally yeah. for positions there's constituency officers there's district officers branch officers mm. that women need to be in those positions they need not to be the secretary in all of them you know, we need women who are going to be chairs, organisers, influential people in the party and who can learn and build their political currency, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And I think the other thing is we just need to be offering a political agenda that appeals to women and appeals to migrants and appeals to new people to Ireland. Yeah. And that's about opening up and looking at all those issues. And to your point, not just not just treat it like a candidate either. Yeah. Like you're asking someone in a passerby type mode mm. that... Yeah. You know, you should treat the seriousness yeah. of asking a person to run at a constituency yeah. level just as serious as you would ask a candidate, you know, because because yeah. I would I would, you know, yeah. in, in speaking even to women who run businesses, have busy homes, are big uh, mm. activists in their community. Mm. Absolutely. They might want to take it on. But, you know, if we're not paving the way either and we're yeah. not directly asking, then mm. then who's at fault? And we have to yeah. meet each other somewhere. Yeah, people need to be sharpened in. They need to be, you know, explained what the system is and asked well enough in advance. Not getting a phone call the night before an AGM, you know, or in the queue outside for the tea or whatever. So, um, and, you know, we've learned, we're a lot better now, I think, at, um, you know, we encourage our officers to meet people at new members. We've new members events we have, which are held in the House of the Oireachtas, but they're also held locally where they're kind of much more softer meet and greet yeah. kind of events and that you can go in with somebody that you know and That's I found important. it very difficult when I started to walk into meetings of 100, 200 people where I knew nobody. People need to be brought in yeah. and that means that we need to go, I always used to say the party needs to step forward but other people need to step forward towards the party. 
yeah. as well. And often you, you you can stand too far back. Yeah. And I always say to candidates and to women and to people in our new communities who are interested in getting involved, making the first step forward is massively important. That can be an email. It can be a text or a, phone a text call. or a phone call or a send in something to the party political, you know, but it is, it's really important that you come mm. forward because generally I find people are welcomed. And every institution has a way of doing things. So we have to start thinking about doing things differently. Um, and that sometimes people don't like change. It's but uncomfortable. Yeah, mm. it's uncomfortable. Uh, but sometimes it's simple little changes. Mm. It's then looking at the, the wonderful richness of people that we want to bring into the space so that we have different ideas, different perspectives, different voices. That enriches us, mm. so it does. And it makes us question and, and, you know, and in politics we can have a good, robust debate about those different perspectives. Um, so what is it that prevents a person from stepping forward? What perceptions do they have and how do we break down the barriers of those perceptions? Um, and then... The, you know, and this leads me as, as you were answering one of the er asking one of the earlier questions, I was thinking about the narratives that we hear. And, you know, there's this narrative that, you know, it's really, really difficult for women. It's really challenging for women to do politics. It's really, really tough. And yes, there are challenges. Uh, can I add to that point that social media? Uh, mm, yeah. Yes, it's difficult, but it's not yeah. the be all and end all in terms of women mm. either. And, and I know that's an important point that you guys yeah. do in your yeah, training. No, absolutely. And, and I really feel sometimes what I do is step back and go, okay, who's feeding that narrative? Like, because that narrative in and of itself holds people back from mm. the space. Um, so there was an article recently, you know, in, in one of the papers talking about, oh, the woe be gone, the politics, no wonder there's no more women in politics. It's really challenging. It's the nighttime economy. You have to be able to. And I said, like, that serves no purpose but to tell, further reinforce the gender norm, the politics is not for women. And that's not good enough mm. because politics is for everyone. Um, and yes, we have to still rebuild the system, which is still take pieces down and rebuild it back up properly. But we can't wait until we've rebuilt the system. Mm. Well, the system uh, would never be built. Yeah, it mm. won't be built if, if, if we don't have a diversity of people within there. So I think it, it happens in two spaces. So having a diverse offering on our ballot papers matters because it's representative of the society we live in. It matters because I'm going to, maybe it's a wild assumption, but that as voters, we all like choice mm. as to who I'm going to vote for. I certainly, one of my most frustrating things is when I land to a ballot paper where I feel I don't have choice because mm. then my tick doesn't, you know, my number that I put on that ballot yeah. paper doesn't feel like it has huge power. And I want my vote to have power because it's a really important fundamental right. Uh, for each of us as individuals to have. Um, so it matters because of the voter choice. And in the end of the day, votes are the currency of politics. Mm. And that's something I've learned, you know, really, really well. If I was running a private business, I'd be looking at my profit margin. Mm. In politics, we're looking, votes are the currency. So we need to give that offering to people. We need to fulfill that, see it to believe it. Mm. If I can see diversity um, in terms of its visible forms on the ballot paper, that's really important. But then not to forget all those aspects of diversity that maybe I will never see. And it's not until I get to know a person 
you know, a little bit more that I realise that they may have, you know, a cha- maybe it's a neurodiversity challenge mm. that makes certain spaces a little more challenging to navigate. Um, and that will ha- that will come out in terms of the canvassing, the campaigning, you know, but so really opening it up, not focusing on any one specific um aspect of diversity but what is that range that brings that beautiful richness to all of our lives mm, amazing um which then leads me on to the the the, the word you mentioned earlier the incumbency 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 <laughs> can't even say it incumbency mm. um you know we often hear of the importance of running women in winnable seats yep. but then you hear the counterbalance of um i've yeah. seen it uh women getting added onto the ticket six mm. weeks to go, four weeks to go, mm. um, because it's for the gender quota, uh, yeah. nonsensical argument. Um, and I would, w- with that high level of incumbency, incumbency, oh my God, that word is, it, it means we've been talking too much about the patriarchy, so the words are like leaving <laughs> me now, uh, which is great, great sign of the time. What does that look like for Fine Gael, though, from, from your perspective? Yeah. It's a challenge in politics because mm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird and unusual system like incumbency is where we have sitting council. we'll talk about the locals yeah. just for the argument it's where we have sitting councillors just explain it that we have sitting councillors in a position also by the effect that the party members select candidates mm. to the vast majority of uh, candidates are selected by party members at local selection conventions so members who have two years membership pilot per room people who want to contest give their speeches they canvass the members in advance, they give their speeches, they're proposed and seconded, members vote. Okay, so it's not as, it's not as centralised. Before I came into politics, I thought there was a secret room, probably the war building, yeah, yeah. you know, where somebody was was kind of doing some kind of a check on, on people's CVs and that it was all appointed centrally yeah. by the party. In other countries it is. Mm-hmm. And they have exams in other countries, they have a list system. They have, you know, where a lot of the power is central, an awful lot of the power in Fine Gael and the large membership uh, parties in Ireland is with the member. So, and it's really important and members are, are quite rightly... I heard, I heard that. ...are yeah. attached to that. Mm-hmm. That's, their, that's their rationale for being in a political party. So to, you know, um, the idea is that local people know best in terms of the local issues and the local geography and that they know best. So... Uh, the issue of incumbency is difficult for Fine Gael because we have so many councillors. Mm. So it's a kind of, and in the past, the vast majority of them have been male. So and so then people talk about, when people say this about we have to run them in winnable seats, I, I get into difficulty with that phrase, I have to say, because... You're saying it so politely. I know, <laughs> I know. But it's a re- when you actually unpack it, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. In, in parties where you have a membership-driven organisation that mm-hmm. selects candidates mm-hmm. and that where you have a hard level, you know, a really high level of incumbency. So I never know if people mean, well, OK, we're going to shaft the guy who's there already and we're going to put in a female. I'm not sure that wins us any favours. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily get you any local votes and it doesn't necessarily build the vote. Yeah. yeah, you know, the purpose or, or of the politics. the confidence of the candidate yeah, either. exactly. Yeah. I, I think it's quite dismissive of the new candidates coming on. And I think it's, all, it's almost patronising that, like, you know, they have to have a safer seat. Now, you talk to any politician and they tell you the kiss of death is that your seat is seen to be safe or somehow automatic or entitled that you just sit back in the party boat and take you in. You know, nobody mm. approaches elections like that. 
So it's really important. But what is the good news is that when you have a selection convention and the three, if there's three candidates or two candidates and they're selected, they're all on the pitch. Mm. They're all on the pitch and they can all get elected or not get elected. Mm. For me, the issue is more that we build our pipeline, that we have to run. We have to identify women earlier. We have to identify, you know, people to come forward. I do agree with that where we have vacancies and where we have opportunity, either through retirements or people moving on or changes of population locally, you know, and there's a bigger vote, that we prioritise at least having women on the long list. Mm -hmm. I do agree with that. I want to see women coming forward to convention. Yeah. And well, if we didn't have it, yeah, and, you wouldn't and, have change. You know, the fundamental point is quotas do not get people elected. No. Mm. Candidates get themselves elected and the prevailing wind has a lot to do with it, but an awful lot of it is hard work locally and what they bring to the table. Mm. So, like, new candidates, hopefully, you know when they, you hear people talk about balanced tickets, Often they're talking about geography, which is almost the second to incumbency if I was doing a kind of a, a hierarchy. You know, you want people to have available vote and they need to have an area that they can build the vote for the party yeah. and that they can. So there's no point having a brand new candidate, a woman or otherwise, who's sitting on top of an existing yeah. incumbent councillor, male or female. Yeah, yeah. And we do have female incumbent councillors who are very, very good and have run for, you know, lots of elections and who are excellent. Mm. So... It's a, it's a competitive world and women have to compete. Mm -hmm. The trick is, you know, and women are well able to compete and find a way that they don't have to sell their soul at mm -hmm. the same time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that they bring their own agendas, that they bring their own networks to the field, that they, they build on, on the their own natural and, mm -hmm. ability. And mm -hmm. there's a phrase that some of the American support, the organizations they use in the States that support female candidates, which is run as you are. You're absolutely fine. People don't need to spend like five years preparing for this, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, we do do training for people. But I mean, it's, there's boot camps and supports and trainings. But once people make the decision, you want them out, you want them knocking on doors and you want them competing. Yeah, meeting yeah. people. And, uh, and to that point, um, oh, sorry, yeah. come in. Yeah, if I just can maybe come in oh. there, because I know we've had this conversation oh. before. And for me, it is, you know, and, and something that I often hear and more from people in the outside of me, ah, Deirdre, you're all about the women. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I will be unapologetic. There are too few women and I will be about the women, but I'm about everyone. Mm. I'm about opening it up to... Yeah anyone that wishes to consider even just has a little spark of curiosity mm. and then to having the programs in place that mm. can support them because good candidates win election yep. strong candidates win election yeah. candidates who connect with their communities with their voters who um, have a track record and that track record may be in politics that's your the strength of your incumbents is that they have that track record built up in politics they they've delivered on what they said they'd deliver on in a previous mm -hmm. election and therefore they're going back with that strength but to be able to see the transferability off your career pathway um, and all of the other things you've done in your life so you know you've been a you've been a mother you've been a carer you've been a nurse you've been a teacher you all of that is transferable into Serving politics people. and serving people mm. it's it's people focused mm. um so supporting people i think to begin to crack that yeah. curiosity and then say explore it um and it might be right for you it might not be right for you 
nothing ventured, nothing gained, mm. uh, nothing lost. Mm. Um, so into that space and then within the party, how how can we support people to explore it? Some people might be ready. Yes. Put my name there. Happy. Put me up in a poster, as we'd often say. Are you ready to have your face up in a poster? Some people go, yeah. Some people go, never, <laughs> never going to happen. Um, so within the party, then what spaces do we have that people can explore and grow? Mm. So we have our networks. So we have a women's network. We have an intercultural network. We have um, LGBTQ plus uh, network. People in the corporate world will know them as employee resource groups. People in the NGO world will know them as communities of practice. But it's a space you can step into. You can learn from your peers. We have training programs. What are the nuts and bolts of politics? I've personally been really enjoying those trainings, <laughs> not having any knowledge before I came in, really. Um, and then we have mentorship programs to support people to grow. And, and, and men training and mentorship go together they're about knowledge building knowledge building skills mentorship is about building your internal resources your confidence if that's wh what you feel you need to build in this if it's a new space it's also about building your external resources mm -hmm. the people you can and will connect with who will support you through the journey and 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 then having that confidence to say yes actually do you know what I'd love to to run knowing that the supports are there is really really important tell me with with all of those um share with us with all of those trainings and networks that you've mm -hmm. just shared how can people listen in get in contact so you can get in contact in a few ways embedded in the description of the podcast you'll find a link for finagale.ie forward slash get involved lots of information up there about the offerings that we have and there's a contact form if you fill that in it will come directly to my email and I'll get back in touch with people if you know someone in the party get in contact with yeah. them if you're not sure ring reception <laughs> you know ring the head office yeah. number say you're interested in talking to someone we'll, we'll get back in touch yeah just reach out get in touch and I'll throw my two cents in here. Uh, if you are listening um, mm. and you've perhaps been on the website and um, just want to ask someone uh, in a public forum or as mm. a public rep, please yeah. get in touch with me too because I'm more than happy to, to sit down and have, have the chats uh, and try and get more and more yeah. people into our party and ultimately serve uh, yeah. the community. And also just to say that, you know, people can mm. get free, people should feel that they can get in touch even if they don't have all the answers and don't have everything mm. worked out. Yeah. I think people can hold themselves back until they have a nice clear pathway organised in their head. Mm. The one thing we know about politics is that the end point is rarely identifiable and you have to get onto mm. the journey yeah. to kind of get yeah. there. So um, they can contact Deirdre or myself and we have a team of regional organisers locally mm. who will meet people. No commitment, first time conversation, just to ask questions and find mm. out more. Mm. You know, and uh, we have vacancies. We have vacancies and we're looking for people. So it's great. And we have so competition too, we'll which take is great. This, it will take this conversation for anybody listening as you have been asked. That's mm -hmm. it. That's and it. that's yeah. one step onto the journey. Thank yeah. you, um, Deirdre, Kathleen. Thank you so much for uh, walking us through it. There's a lot of pieces that I mm -hmm. didn't even know about. And uh, one of the things I often try and break down is you do not have to have grown up in party politics yes. to be a part yeah. of this party. Mm. Um or to be a candidate or to support the party in various mm. different ways, get involved in the networks, mm. uh, canvas or 
stuff the, envelopes, make or, sandwiches. Or as I like to say, uh, <laughs> for the people of Midlands Northwest, uh, get elected to the European Parliament, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But uh, <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for the conversation. I hope you enjoyed. Yeah, thank, thank you, Maria. Thank you, Maria. What a great conversation. I really enjoyed uh, Deirdre's take on how we think about spaces and how we need to rethink politics and welcoming more and more people into our political landscape. And from Kathleen's point, just breaking down the par barriers and the practicalities of putting your hand up and getting involved. In the next episode, we will speak to people involved in some of Fine Gael's groups. In the first part, we will speak to members from Young Fine Gael, Fine Gael's youth wing. In the second half, we will be speaking to two members of our vibrant women's network. And I'm really looking forward to this chat. And if you'd like to learn more about how you could lead the change, visit finnegale.ie forward slash get involved. There's loads of stories from some of our representatives about why they got involved, plus lots of useful information about how Finnegale can support you. Speak to you next time.